Five, four, three, two, one. We have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Obviously, they went out and got me. I think that says a lot about how they feel about me. Bears Nation. Today, we made some moves. Uh, the first one is uh, trading Roquan Smith. And Roquan Smith with another takeaway for the Chicago D. Nobody's waving the white flag. They're just guys on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have to step up. You know, of course, that was a big loss to us, but you know, we have the leaders on this team, the players on this team to step up. I need you to get real, real, real excited. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. One of the best kept secrets. I like that. I know gonna dig this and jake hassan i'm by winning Did we just become best friends yep i win here and i win there now what powered by powered by powered by bet, bet, bet stand yo are y'all ready for the show strap it in it's bears nation baby go bears, go bears! All right, welcome to Bears Nation Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, and we have a big game to talk about coming up on Sunday. And two new players, and two new players to talk about on each team on either side of the Bears and Dolphins matchup. Two impact players that we're going to see who are going to make immediate contributions and impacts on this game. Two star players, if however you want to define star, if you want to use it liberally, but one definite star, superstar, and one guy who's above average, I guess. Uh, but we will just get into that. Uh, Chase Claypool, now a member of the Chicago Bears, traded for at the deadline yesterday on Tuesday. Costs you a second rounder, not your, not the Ravens' second rounder that you got for Oquan Smith, but your own second rounder, which sucks, but whatever. And you get Chase Claypool, you get Justin Fields, another receiver, another threat. He becomes your wide receiver one. Darnell Mooney slides back to his role as the wide receiver two. And as such, we now hopefully see a new element of the Chicago Bears offense on Sunday when they take on the Miami Dolphins in Chicago. Kevin, how are we doing? Doing well. It's good timing for the Bears, honestly, when you think about the opponent that they know. Well, it's not great timing. It's not great timing for Justin Fields in the offense because Bradley Chubb is coming over to Miami yeah. and he'll play. That's not great. But for Chase Claypool and you know this offense, we assume that he's going to play. Obviously, he was traded on Tuesday. He's in the building on Wednesday. The first official practice was on Wednesday, uh, which was today, the day we're recording it. He was present. I imagine he'll play. And they're playing a he pretty – he has to, right? Like on, a, on, a, on somewhat of a snap count, we assume. I don't even think he needs a snap count. I don't think so either. But like you saw CMC get traded to the to the 49ers. But wasn't that on that like was a on. Thursday though? It might have been Did a couple only, days later. I think he only got like one practice in. Yeah. I, I mean, he should be a full go. He should be a full go. He should be at least on the field as a decoy, even if you're not going to throw it to him every time because he doesn't understand the playbook yet or full route concepts. Sure. Like He'll at least be on the field. Um, but what I'm trying to say here is you play a Miami pass defense that's really not good. I mean, 31st in opponent completion percentage, 28th in opponent yards per game, you know, 26th in opponent pass yards per game. Uh, like, they are not a good pass. De- their rush defense is good, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but their pass defense is not good. So we have a little bit of opportunity here uh, against a relatively weak secondary in Miami for the Bears to get acclimated, at least target Chase Claypool, try to use this as a learning week and and a week for Fields and Claypool to get on the same page. And I'm just saying they got a little bit fortunate that they don't have to go up against a stellar secondary this week, um, like even Dallas. I mean, Dallas' secondary is amazing. Their front front four is really what's doing it for them. But 
you know, you feel a little bit more comfortable at home, right? You don't have to travel. It's not like he gets traded and then a couple days later, you got to go to Miami and everyone knows what goes on in Miami. You know, we don't, we don't got to talk about that. People might be a little distracted and you go down there. Uh, So you're at home, (laughs) you play a weak Miami defense and this is what it is. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Go to Miami. You know what's going on on Saturday night. They play there though. It's different. Like it's not a visit. It's not James Harden going to Miami and oh, spending twelve hours well, in the strip club. It's the team that actually plays and lives there. Also, they're coming here. No, I'm saying if the Bears had to go play in Miami, like you're fortunate <laughs> this game is at home because you might get you might get Justin and the boys out at a at a club uh, on Saturday night. I wouldn't take Justin to be one of those guys. Or, but I'm sure there's a anyway. And hey, let's 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 go check out the scene. You ever been to Miami, Jake? You ever no. been to Miami? No. All right. I've been to Miami. And it is I mean, I've, I've, I've a ridiculous. Been to Vegas. Yeah, same thing, pretty much. Same thing. Anyway, your point being somewhere my point in here, being, I assume. My point being, it is a good opponent, a good matchup for the Bears to get acclimated with Chase Claypool, to have a little bit of success in the air, to continue this success and development of Justin Fields and a real opportunity for him, you know, to put together now three games uh, of quality starts and, and, you know, really top 10 quarterback play, I'd say. So, it, it you know, a good football team. We'll talk about the offense, but as it relates and uh, is relevant to Chase Claypool, I, th- I think they're getting a, a break here. Also, something that's important to note, as far as like the Justin Fields thing, this is going to be his first game at home since he started this stretch of playing really well. Start it started in New England on Monday Night Football, then played well in Dallas. So I mean, and people are buzzing. People are talking about Justin Fields. Like, okay, he might be the guy. This might be it. People, I mean, Soldier Field's going to be loud. People are going to be excited yep. for this game. Um, and obviously, people like the Dolphins. People, you know, they're a popular team now because they're good. But I, I mean, I think it's going to be a decently full Soldier Field. Uh, on Sunday, because I think people are like, they want to come see Justin Fields now. And now that he's playing well, he's played really well the last two games. Uh, so I think people are going to want to come see him. Uh, on the Chase Claypool note, yeah, I think he's going to play. I mean, he, three full days of practice. You're right. He's not going to have the full route tree down. He's not going to have everything memorized. But he's a professional athlete. It's not his first time running an NFL offense. I'm sure that they will play him. They will start him, and he will be pretty involved and like especially you have to consider that like yeah every team is different but there's 32 teams in the nfl like there it's not going to be just you know every single nfl team has their own set of plays that are completely different from every other team i'm sure there are some plays that translate from the pittsburgh steelers to the chicago bears just under a different name or something so that has to be considered too i think he's going to be featured in that wide receiver one role right off the bat um, obviously, I think him and Darnell Mooney will be 1A, 1B for Justin Fields, you hope at least. So that'll be exciting to watch. People are going to be excited to go see Claypool and how he messes with, mess, meshes God, with Justin Fields. Um, another thing that is important to note, uh, as someone in the comments mentioned, and I did have this written down, Cody Whitehair returned to practice today. And it looks like he's going to play. Iberflu saying he's in a good spot mentally. He's been working his tail off in rehab. His strength numbers are good. His jump numbers are good. His lossy, his speed, and his jumps are good. We think he's going to be good. So sounds like Cody Whitehair is going to play. Now we talked about on this show, does that mean he's going to go into center and Sam Mustafa gets bumped to the bench? Or does it mean he goes to his old spot at left guard and Michael Schofield gets bumped to the bench? Who knows? That remains to be seen. I assume knowing the Bears, 
that it's going to be back at left guard and you're still going to see Sam Mustafa out there, especially since he played decently against Dallas. At least he held his own. And when he came in in the New England game, played pretty decently. And it goes back to a comfort thing with Justin Fields. He is comfortable with Mustafa, is familiar with working with him, hasn't worked with Whitehair as a center before. So it seems like it's going to be Mustafa. But getting Cody Whitehair is big. He's your starting left guard. He's your longest tenured bear at this point. You need him. He's your best offensive lineman. Well, there's an argument made that Tevin Jenkins is your best offensive lineman now, but he's your most senior offensive lineman. He's your most consistent guy. He's the leader of that group. It'll be huge to have him back. He is, and he's good. Like most importantly, he's good. So huge to have Cody Whiter back for Justin Fields. That can only elevate his play from here. So all in all, even if you don't think the Bears are going to win this game, it's something to get excited about because the defense is going to be exactly. terrible. We talked a little bit on Monday that this defense is it's going to be tough uh, with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, and now um, you know Tua Tagovailoa back too. So that's scary. But you might have an offense that could keep up. I don't know. You, you. I think you definitely will. I think you a hundred percent will. Uh, I, I just, you know. Everything is sort of coming together for the Bears offense. I mean, you're still missing a couple. You're still missing Lucas Patrick, right? I mean, that's really the big name uh, that you're missing. But, you know, Nikhil Harry activated off IR a couple weeks ago. We already have seen his presence be felt a little bit um, against Dallas scoring the touchdown and, and being involved, especially as a blocker, which we know is one of his you know biggest skill sets. And then you see Byron Pringle, uh, you know, back at practice today as well. His window opened up last week, I believe. Was- I forgot that guy. Right. Not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of people have, to be honest. I think a lot of people have, but you probably shouldn't. You you probably shouldn't forget that Byron Pringle exists. Like, remember everything that you thought about uh, Byron Pringle before the season and what he could be. He hasn't really had the chance to show that. I mean, the guy, the guy can make plays for you. He can be an asset to this offense. He can be better than what Valus Jones Jr. has been for you. So you get, you might get him back this week. You might again. He was out there at practice today. We don't know really what his status is. And then we know EQ St. Brown has been playing okay. So then you really look you look at the receiving core all of a sudden, right? And you remember the narratives about this group. Oh, the, the NFL prison system is better than this group. Oh, they're the worst yeah. in, that the league has ever seen. Now, the Ravens have a worse receiving core than this. The Packers have a worse receiving core than this. The Bears no longer are in that lower tier of, of, of a receiving room after the acquisition of Chase Claypool. I mean, you think about it. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Nikhil Harry. Bayless Jones Jr., Byron Pringle, Equinemi St. Brown, like you kind of look at that on paper and you're like, that that ain't that bad. That's really not that bad, especially because of what we will believe happened to Darnell Mooney and open things up for him now that Claypool is there. I mean, I think this is going to be absolutely huge for Darnell Mooney, right? You saw what he was able to do when he wasn't that number one option last year, when Allen Robinson was just there. And, and Allen Robinson wasn't even productive last year, but I think his presence just freed things up for Mooney a little bit. And teams, I think, through the first eight games this year, were able to key in on the fact that, hey, Mooney's really the only threat to our defense here. Let's try to game plan him out of it and, and force guys like Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis to make plays. And they forced those guys to make plays, and they didn't make those plays. So now, you know, you can't just say, Hey, let's scheme Darnell Mooney out of it because you got to worry about Chase Claypool, especially a guy who can win one on one versus anybody. It's going to open up a lot of things for Darnell Mooney. And I think you're going to start to see him get a little bit closer to the potential that we spoke about earlier in the season that, you know, 1200 yard receiver is what we were talking about. And 
you know, getting close to 80, 90 yards per game, I think you might start, and, and he's done that a couple of times, but I think you're going to start to see it on a more consistent basis just because there's more bodies now in offense that defenses have to worry about. So just the, the crux of this point is, is everything is sort of coming together. Like guys are getting healthy. You just traded for, uh, you just traded for a big time wide receiver. Justin Fields is starting to play well. Like this might be the point now where everything's building up. Now we're going to see what this offense can really be because we've been wait, we've been banking on potential. We've been banking on if and ifs and buts. You know, if Justin Fields can do this, if the offensive line can do this, if this guy can get healthy, no more ifs and buts. Everybody is there. Let's see what you can do now with a couple bigger names with a uh, with guys healthy. It, it's reason to be excited. Like the Bears are a three and five team, and they're not going to make the playoffs anymore. I mean, it's just it's 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 just probably not going to happen given the things that you gave up on defense. Um, I think they can win eight games, but you are more excited about this game because of those reasons and to see what this offense can be. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you're all in on Chase Claypool and like him being a pro bowl type receiver. I don't know how good he is. He's better than what you had for sure. Upgrades your wide receiver room. No doubt. Um, was he worth your second round pick? I, I don't know. I don't really think so. I would have rather given up the Ravens second round pick that you got in the Rocon trade. But Whatever. then he'd be a Packer. He'd be a Packer. I guess. And that's part of it. The silver lining here is you kind of just yoinked him from the Packers, which is obviously a win too. But I mean, I, it's better for your team. No doubt about that. 100%. He makes you better. You get a full year of him next year. So hopefully this half year allows him to mesh with Justin Fields and allows them to kind of build some chemistry. And obviously next year is when you hope that, okay, now we go. So, you know, I, I, you were tweeting yesterday about like, oh, some people don't like his like off the field. I don't, I don't give a shit if he's on TikTok or what he's doing. It's just like, on the field, he's just been okay. Now, granted, he had the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger right. and Mitch Trubisky and a learning Kenny Pickett. So that could have had something to do with it. Um, do I still think you need a wide receiver at some point? Yes, because I don't think Chase Claypool is going to be like a star. Like, I don't think he's a superstar. Like, I I think he's on generally the same level as Darnell Mooney, maybe a little bit better. So what about, again, what about this, Jake? What if he's like prime Alshon Jeffrey? Can he stay healthy in that instance? <laughs> Assuming he doesn't have a soft tissue injury every week. Sure. Uh, yeah, that, then that's fine. That's, that's a wide a receiver comp. one regardless. Yeah. Uh, it's just you got to utilize him. And I think what he brings as far as being able to run the ball as well and his versatility, I think mm -hmm. was attractive probably to this coaching staff uh, and Ryan Poles. So that's obviously helpful. What this says more to me before we get into the game, what this acquisition says to me is Ryan Poles hates the upcoming draft class for wide receivers and the free agents to be. Like I don't know if he hates it, the draft maybe, class. Maybe he doesn't hate the free agent, but hates the free agents for yes. sure, one thousand percent. I think he finds the coming guys in the draft, at least in the first round, underwhelming. Let's say it that way. Like he looks at those guys and is like, I'm not sure. Now, granted, some of us think that Jackson Smith and Jigba could be awesome, or Keyshawn Boutte, or who you know, whoever uh, Addison at the top as well. Like maybe Ryan Poles is looking at those guys like I don't know if they're worth a top ten pick or maybe a top five pick. This says to me they're going offensive line first round. Like, mm -hmm. I still think they're going to throw money at the offensive line too, but you're getting an offensive lineman with your first round pick, which, you know, people are going to bitch and moan. And, and it's not the sexiest pick. It's not a quarterback. It's not a wide receiver. It's not a DB. It's not an instant impact player who you can see make a highlight real play, but it's important. And like, I, I like this just says to me Ryan Poles looks at this draft class of wide receivers in the first round and is like, 
eh, fine if for you know the first round, but not for top 10. So you're getting an offensive lineman come draft time in 2023 draft, but uh otherwise, like yeah, Claypool's Claypool's a fine player. He's a he's a good player if you can use him right. Let's hope that he just has some connection with Justin Fields and they utilize him in the right way. I think you're right. Just because the draft class at wide receiver isn't as top heavy as it has been recently. Like you think about the 2021 NFL draft, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and Jamar Chase, like those three guys just being right. there, right? Like you don't like, I, we believe Jackson Smith and Jigba can be really good. Jordan Addison, like all these guys can be probably really good. But I mean, those three guys, like Devonta Smith won the Heisman. And then Jamar Chase, you know, was, was a dog. And Jalen Waddle was, you know, just as good. He fell a little because of the injury. Like, mm-hmm. Which how stupid that's not, does that's not this class outside of Miami right. feel? Yeah, right, exactly. But that that's not this class. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I do see what you mean. And again, that is why he was a he, he was desperate to give up a two because he knew, hey, that this team needs help now, and the only way we can really get that help immediately is to to trade for him. And if you want to trade for him, you had to give up a little bit more than maybe what your initial asking price was. And, and maybe the Steelers did catch the Bears in desperation mode. Like we think the Bears caught the Eagles in desperation mode for Robert Quinn. But that's okay if you do get that full value out of Chase Claypool. And I think something I've talked about that we talked about yesterday is there's a lot of untapped potential with Chase Claypool. Like when you really think about what his skill set was coming out of college and what it should be in the NFL is this guy is a legitimate deep threat receiver. And he, he wasn't being utilized that way in Pittsburgh. And again, part of the reason is because you had a quarterback his first two years and Ben Roethlisberger, who is, was incapable, like physically incapable of throwing the ball past 45 yards. Like ju- he couldn't do it. He, his arm was shot. He could not throw the ball right. down the field. And I bet that would probably, for any receiver, lead to a little bit of frustration because there's always these people who are going to talk about, you know, oh, Claypool takes plays off and he gets frustrated and stuff. Well, yeah, I'd get a little frustrated too if they're telling me to run go routes and I'm never getting the football. You know, it's it's a lot of running to do to never get the ball in your hands. Um, but now he enters an offense where this is something we haven't seen a lot with this offense, but you have a quarterback who's capable of doing it. Justin Fields is one of the more accurate deep ball throwers in the NFL. And if he's the one on the receiving end of that ball last week in Dallas, the one that Velas dropped, that's probably a catch because this is... Justin, this is Chase Claypool's strength is his hands and his contested catch radius and his ability to just catch the football no matter who's guarding him, where the ball is at. He's going to come down with the ball. And I think you're going to see that start to open up and and that start to be a bigger aspect of his game coming into Chicago. Because I do feel like there's sort of a misconception around Claypool that, oh, he's 6'4", he's 238, he's not that quick, you know? No, Chase Claypool is a fast guy. We were looking at the next-gen stats last night. He has one of the top 20 fastest plays by a player in the NFL this year. Like, he is an extremely fast player, and he's going to thrive on those go-routes. And I know Justin wants to throw those as long as the protection is there. So I think they're going to try it a couple times, and then we know the impacts of that, right? You open up uh, Claypool down the field, well, that's going to open up Mooney down the field, and that's going to open up everything underneath, like, this could do wonders for the Bears offense. I just I just personally feel like there's a little bit untapped potential there with Chase Claypool given the situation that he was in from a play calling and quarterback standpoint in Pittsburgh. That's that's all I'm saying with that. Yeah, I mean there there definitely is. I think I don't think you're completely I don't think I don't think you're out of your depth making that claim. I think there's definitely that potential. Obviously, he's still a young player too. So 
Yeah, I mean, can it do wonders? I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but yeah, I mean, it could definitely elevate this offense. It could definitely take Justin Fields' game to another level. It could definitely help Cole Komet out as far as his development as a player and a pass catcher in the middle of the field. So, yeah, all in all, it's a good thing. I I assume they're going to try and re-sign Claypool as well. I assume this move wasn't made trying to just keep him for a year and a half yeah. and be part ways unless something goes horribly wrong. But, you know, we'll see what happens as far as that goes. Um, all right. Uh, let's start talking more about this game. Miami trades for Bradley Chubb. We know Miami's already good against the run. Probably going to force you to pass a little bit in the conditions that we're expecting with the high winds too. This just could be a really ugly game and Justin Fields might be running quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, their their defensive front hasn't been phenomenal at pressure this year on the quarterback. I'm trying to pull up the actual numbers in a second. Uh, but you get that boost with Bradley Chubb, and, and it'll make an impact. It will 100% make an impact. I mean, Bradley Chubb's been a, you know, been a pretty decent player this year. He hasn't been – he hasn't lived up fully to what his potential was when he was drafted yet, but he, he's, he's an impact player, and he, he's going to get after you. Um, so it does worry me a little bit, but I've also seen the Bears – you know, do a good job, especially last week. I mean, they dropped 31 points on the team that had the best defensive front in football and led the league in sacks at the time. They dropped, they, sorry, they dropped 29, should have been 31 had they not gone for two twice, right? You know, they, they essentially dropped 31 points, you know, they went for two, you know what I mean? So they scored four touchdowns against that defense and they did a good job of taking Parsons away. I saw them do a lot of chipping with Komet in Montgomery. And that's one, I think the main reasons that Montgomery is still on the Chicago bears is because he's such a good pass blocker. And I think they understand that the offensive line is still not good enough, you know, to, to protect on its own, that they're going to need to utilize Montgomery in that way to chip him, uh, to chip guys like Bradley Chubb. And I think that's what we're going to what they're going to do in this game. And I just have a little bit more confidence this week than I did the past couple weeks in this offensive unit to scheme out players like, Bradley Chubb to take away, not let a guy like that take over a game because we had seen that earlier in the year in a couple of those games. Uh, I forget. Yeah, it was the commanders game that I was at where you really saw Jonathan Allen just just take over the game uh, and Montez Sweat just take over the game and they had no answer for it. There was no scheming out of it. And they took that mini buy, I think, uh, to use as a reflection point and, and understand how they can do that. And it was, you know, from what we've seen in New England and Dallas, moving pockets, right, getting Justin Fields on the run, keeping the defense, guessing on their toes so they can't just go all out, blitz on you. Uh, it's going to hurt them bad if they do that and, and you get a Justin Fields read option or something. So it, 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 it scares you a little bit, and the timing isn't great that Bradley Chubb comes to town this week during the trade deadline and, and real blockbuster from Miami. They certainly seem to be all in on what they're building um, You know, this year to, to try and make a, a potential Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. But... I, I again, I'm, I'm less worried about it, right? I'm less worried about it. I think the Bears can still be a productive and efficient offense despite him being there. So I'm going to look at the pressure numbers, um, but that's 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 where it is for me. Yeah, I think Bradley Chubb was like top four in like pressure rate or pressure percentage. Uh, something like he's like top five or four, like obviously being fifth or fourth. Uh, but still, I mean, he's been having a really good year still. And I mean, just for the Bears, for how much you try to run the ball, which we've seen over the last couple of weeks, especially, you know, the Dolphins are good against the run. They've been good against the run all year. They're going to force you to pass. And already the Bears, obviously, we know how we feel about their pass offense as a whole. 
Obviously, over the last couple of weeks, it's been better, but it's also going to be a crappy day in Chicago. Very windy. Very, you know. How do we know that? Is that true? Is that what the weather says? Yeah, it's forecast supposed to be like it's supposed to be very windy. It's supposed to be like fifties and windy, and you know that obviously is not conducive to throwing the football. But you might have to. You might just be forced to. What I think we're really looking for when it comes to this game is that the creativity just continues. You know, you have Chase Claypool, use some jet sweeps, try some flea flickers, try something different just to mix it up. Just don't run David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and Justin Fields into just a wall of defenders and do a stack box over and over and over because that's not going to get you anywhere. Try new things, try different things, try to keep them on their toes, and maybe you'll have a chance to win this game. But, you know, you can't just keep showing us what you've shown us the last couple weeks. Mix it up, try new things, and just trust Justin Fields to make a play. Yeah, absolutely. And you're at a point now where you can do that, right? I mean, we believe that the confidence has been instilled. And obviously, you know, we it's been reflected by the moves they've made that they're all in on him and they're going to kind of sort of put the game in his hands now. I think that's where yeah. you're going to start to see. Like it, when you saw the uh, the Bears go down 28 to 7 against the Cowboys last Sunday, it really was, hey, Justin, you're taking over for us right now. You know what I mean? It wasn't, oh, we're going to try to, you know, you know, kill the clock and and try to take over time possession and grind it down like they did do a decent amount of running but there was a lot of hey drop back Justin you got to make this throw and bring us back into the game and he did that and I think they're gonna ha- I think they're gonna start to lean on him more and that's exactly what you want I mean that's exactly how you want it right and hopefully the Bears don't get in a situation this week where they're down that big typically at Soldier Field I don't imagine that will happen um the other thing is the Dolphins don't really take the ball away. So you're probably going to be okay as far as not letting the game get away from you uh, through a couple of, you know, you know, stupid turnovers that result in touchdowns like, like last week with Micah Parsons. If you look at their, their takeaway numbers, they are actually giving the ball away. Um, you know, 14th in the NFL, 1.3 per game. They're only taking the ball away just under one time per game, 0.9. That's 27th in the league. So I do think that, the Bears are recognizing, you know, these statistics here with the Dolphins. Okay, they're not going to make a lot of plays on defense. And, you know, they have a pretty vulnerable pass defense. Let's come out the gates throwing, you know? Like, let's come out the gates firing. We've got a new receiver. We're opening things up. Let's let's make a statement on that first drive. Put the game in Justin Fields' hands. And I do think if that happens, you could see, like, the highest passing total of Justin Fields' career this week. I think that's a real possibility. Again, if the weather conditions are that much of a factor, it may not happen. Um, but given the opponent, given what has just arrived this week from a an injury standpoint, a health standpoint with Cody Whitehair and a you know wide receiver standpoint and Chase Claypool and, and maybe Byron Pringle, I, I certainly think it's available. I mean, the Dolphins let up big plays too. Like They've yeah. let, they let up a 79-yard rushing touchdown to Lamar Jackson earlier in the year, so you might be my bull prediction layer. I'm just saying. Uh, look out for it. But they, they're vulnerable to allowing the big play. So I think the Bears are going to have some opportunity to show some explosiveness this week versus the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, do it like you did uh, in the Giants game and one of the – where just take a shot, like opening drive. You know, first, second, third play, just – Take a shot down the field. Try to show them what's up. Use use Chase Claypool and see if you can just catch them by surprise and make an early statement. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've been saying that for weeks. Like, just show us, you know, something. Go for the throat right away. And now Justin Fields is playing well enough where you kind of have that opportunity to do that. So we'll see if they capitalize on that and actually see if they utilize that. 
But, you know, it's the Bears. It could always change at any moment at all. Um, This game does scare me, though. I mean, the Dolphins are a team that, you know, with Tua at quarterback, they've played really, really well all year when he's been healthy. And obviously Soldier Field is a tougher place to play. It's not conditions that Miami is used to playing in, even though they are in that East Division. But, you know, Chicago is a different animal, and it's going to be a little bit colder. So hopefully that has something for you. But, you know, you, know, you got to, like, uh-huh. you, you got to use everybody. Like you, like, you have you have to use everyone. Do not be afraid. Like, just because Chase Claypool is on this roster, don't ignore Cole Komet. Don't, I mean, as much as it pains me to say, don't just ignore Vilas Jones Jr. Don't keep him on the sideline. Like, you have to keep mixing it up and try to show them different looks if you want any chance of winning this game. And obviously you're going to try and run the ball until you can't anymore, but it's, I don't know. This game, I like, it's just, it's scary. Like it's, it's just scary because this game could easily be a blowout. Like you could easily just lose I don't this think game. So. By I completely 20. disagree because when you look at the dolphins and what they've done this year, they've been a really good team at home and they haven't been an amazing team at home. Like they lost to the Vikings. Now, again, some of these games were with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, and it's hard to evaluate. Skyler you, Thompson. you know, they, they, they did, yes, yeah, Skyler Thompson. They did beat the Bills at home. That's their signature win this year. Um, you know, they beat the Patriots 20 to 7. Which really and, was like the Bills just clock management is really what screwed them there. Like they right. did like the Bills, the, I mean, the Bills, I have complete confidence we're gonna, just going to win that game. Like, mm-hmm. I forget because what had happened there, I, it was a weird ending to that game. It Everyone was, was questioning Sean McDermott. Josh Allen threw for 400 yards in that game, though. Yeah, uh, it was McKenzie went down in bounds instead of stepping. Right, and he right, had a right, chance right, to step right. out, and then they didn't get enough time to get up to the ball and snap the, the ball. Exactly. Like, I'm like, yeah. one or two more plays, and they just beefed it, though. Yeah, that, I mean, that was like just extreme clock mismanagement. Right. So, you know, they're close to losing that game. And then they, they lose to the Vikings at home. Again, the last game with Bridgewater on October 16th. But then you look at them, and they barely beat the Steelers 16-10 to 10 at home on Sunday Night Football just a couple weeks ago. But you look at them on the road. And again, yeah, they, they, they're losing, they were losing games. They lost to the Bengals. They lost to the Jets because Bridgewater played in those games. And, uh, you know, they beat the Ravens on the road 42-38 earlier in the year in that insane game where they had come back down like four scores because Tua just went absurd. But in all of these road games, they're allowing a ton of points. 38 to the Ravens, uh, week two. 27 to the Dolphins, week or to the to the Bengals, week four. 40! 40 to the Jets, week five. Like that doesn't have anything to do with who's playing quarterback. Like these guys are allowing a lot of points on the road. And just last week in uh Detroit, allowing 27. Like, I don't think this is gonna be a blowout at all. The Dolphins haven't blown a team out. This year, I mean, they, they, the Bears have a bigger blowout than the Dolphins have this year. That Bears win against the Patriots is a larger margin of victory than the Dolphins win over the Patriots, which is their biggest win, just 13 points. Like, I don't, I'm not saying they're frauds. I'm not, I'm not that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I don't think I'm as terrified of them as you are when you look at them on paper because of what they possess. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Like, this isn't going to be a twenty to traditional 2017 Bears game. Like, I honestly think we've entered a new era of Bears football, especially given what they gave up on defense, where you're going to start seeing more 42-28, more 35-33, because the Bears have an offense, we believe now, that's able to put up that amount of points, and we know they have a defense that can't stop the bleeding. So I just look at what they, they've done on the road, and it, it's worth noting that 
Miami earlier in the year to play in Miami is really freaking hard. Like that's a really hard thing to do. I don't know if you saw the thing a couple weeks ago when they played, I think it was the game against the Vikings that they played. There was a 10 degree difference in temperature between their sideline that was in the shade and the Vikings sideline that was in the sun, a 10 degree difference. Yeah. Just because it was one was in the shade and one was in the sun. Like everyone knows it's no secret that playing Miami is really hard. So it's, it's reasonable to assume that, on the road, they're sort of a different football team that doesn't have that same advantage. So that's, again, I said that earlier, why you get sort of fortunate that, you know, you get to play at home and, you know, against this team in particular, it means more, right? Home field advantage means more against this team. So yeah, I think it's a close game. Uh, it's just the way – it's just because for me, it's we have no idea what this defense is going to look like now without Roquan True. Smith, without your best player, without your captain, literally. I mean, look what happened when you lost Robert Quinn. And how that went for you. So now you got lose a guy even better than that. Like it's just this Dolphins offense, you might just get absolutely just dog walked here. And I know the Bears offense has been better, but I don't know that it's good enough to keep up with Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle. I mean, even Raheem Mostert has been really good this year for the Dolphins. So, fantasy team. But good for you. Uh, but that just might be tough and like this game this game legitimately might end like 55 to 28 the 55 to 28 let's relax now i mean that's that's an extreme but that is extreme i mean this is kind of what we've talked about like do you expect to win this game i personally do not expect them to win this game but especially given the state of the defense like it just might be all right we're all tuning in for justin fields in the offense at this point like Go on Twitter or go on your phone when That's the defense fine. is on the field. And then once the offense comes back out, now you tune, you tune back in. But it's just, oh, God. All right, let's talk about expectations for the offense. Speaking of which, with Chase Claypool as your wide receiver one, Darnell Mooney, your WR2, Cole Komet, obviously still your tight end, and then your running game, your premier part of your offense. So, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Who know? We don't know how much Chase Claypool is going to be up to speed, what he's going to look like when he's ready and how they're going to use him. But, Kevin, what do you think this offense looks like? If, you know, what kind of differences do you anticipate being implemented now with Chase Claypool as your wide receiver one? Yeah, again, I talked about it a little bit. I, I think the down-the-field shots, the go-routes, the, 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 the shots deep, you know, early and often, I, I think that's what you're going to see, the attempts at least, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to take these chances down the field to open things up. I I, I just, it's going to do wonders for them. Again, if, if they if they have the ability, if the offensive line is playing well on Sunday to give Justin Fields enough time, uh, you know, enough protection for him to be able to sit in that pocket and deliver a strike down the field, and they were able to, again, last week, a couple times to do that against Dallas and Micah Parsons in that front uh, that front four that's best in the NFL. So I, I do have a little bit of confidence they can do that. But I think that's the main difference, right? It is more shots down the field. Um, but really, when you get into the red zone, too, just, just taking more chances with these guys one-on-one. Like, I think part of the reason early on in the season you saw Justin Fields struggle, uh, you know, with throwing the ball away or sitting in the pocket or, or throwing the ball, you know, early is because, you know, guys weren't open. Right. But some teams can get by with guys not being open if they have trust in their receivers to just make one on one throws against against a, a DB. Right. I mean, you see that all the time with certain guys who have, you know, more talented X receivers, DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, like I, if you if you watch the Cardinals Vikings game last week, there's a play in the red zone where, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is completely blanketed. And it, it's the old phrase that we all say now, F it. 
you know, this guy's down there, you know, F it, just throw it. This guy's down there like that. <laughs> you know, he's down there somewhere. And I think Ch Justin Field is going to start to be able to say, hey, F it, Chase Claypool is down there. He can mm -hmm. sit in the pocket a little bit, deliver a strike. And even if the guy's blanketed, he know at least Claypool is going to put his hands on the ball and not allow it to be intercepted. Right, because sure. because that's something you saw a lot where you, you'd down. see guys like Pettis or you'd see guys like EQ St. Brown like not even contest the ball, right, and, and allow it to be intercepted. Whereas you know you got a lot to deal with if you're a DP when you're going up against a, a wide receiver that's six four two thirty eight. Like that's a lot of man to to try yeah. and overcome, especially for a lot of DBs who are significantly smaller than that. Um, so I think that's just the main difference for me. With this offense again, who who knows how much it really changes, you know, with him first week here, but also the red zone. I, I think that's where I was going with that first point. Is I think you'll start to see them do a little bit more of that in the red zone, and we saw it with the Neil Nikhil Harry touchdown. I mean, that's that's alluding exactly what I'm talking about. Blanketed coverage. Justin Fields just puts it in a place where he can catch it. He comes down with it. Touchdown Bears. Like go do. If they have Chase Claypool on the team in that Commanders game, they win. You know, because I believe Chase Claypool makes that. Um, makes that catch at the goal line uh, over, you know, over the Washington defender, Darnell Mooney didn't make, you know what I mean? So yeah, just to me, that's, that's, that's the main difference. And this is what I'm, what I mean when I say the reasoning and the logic behind, I think Justin Fields is going to have one of the better passing games of his career from a, a, a statistical standpoint. Yeah, I think that's definitely, I think where it comes into play most uh, as far as how I think about, you know, Chase Claypool's fit here is the red zone. I mean, it's just a guy that you can throw it up to, like you said, and has that size that uh, nine touchdowns in year one. It's just, uh, but you know, it, it's you know, Darnell Mooney. Our whole thing was, oh, he's you know, just not as big. He's not as built as some of these other bigger receivers in the NFL. Like, yeah, he's fast. And yeah, you can find him down the field, but he's not a go up and get it type of guy, really. And Chase Claypool. Is that was his mark? Now the Steelers really didn't use him like that this year. No, they kind of just kept him middle of the field, short side of the field. They didn't really just send him and say, "All right, go." And you know, maybe that's Mitch Trubisky, maybe that's Kenny Pickett, maybe it's you know Matt Canada not scheming him for that. I think it's up to Luke Getze to play Chase Claypool to his strengths. And look how long it took to get Justin Fields to play to his strengths. So hopefully, it's a little bit quicker than that. But that's that's the big thing here. And then you can let Darno Mooney work more in the middle of the field maybe, or the opposite side and get less heat on him. So I think for me, the biggest, you know, the biggest winner here outside of Justin Fields, obviously, might be Cole Komet. Ooh. Like it, Cole Komet Ooh. might be the bigger, biggest winner here outside of Justin Fields because now he, that's less pressure on him. Obviously, Cole Komet hasn't lived up to his billing as that second round pick, and we hoped he'd be a bigger part of the offense and really hasn't. Obviously caught the touchdown last week and everyone's like, all right, here we go. But, you know, he struggled to kind of carve out a role and find consistency. This might be good for him because now with Chase Claypool, you have two guys on the outside who can just go downfield. And you mentioned it earlier in the episode, should open up things underneath and in the middle. And that's ideally where you want to use Cole Komet, you know, outside of the red zone. Obviously in the red zone, you'd like to use him in the end zone a little bit more as a guy who can go up and get it and kind of body uh, defenders and come down with touchdowns like kind of what you saw against Dallas a little bit on that touchdown which I mean really was more of him running a really good route and a really good throw mm -hmm. by Justin Fields but still the point remains that this might elevate Cole Komet here where he can be that reliable safety blanket for Justin Fields which is what we've been waiting for he can maybe be that guy where it's like all right Claypool's covered down the field Mooney's covered intermediate okay let me hit 
commit for eight yards, you know, an easy pick of eight yards and set up a, a second and short or a third and short or whatever it may be, or even a first down. So I think that is where it really elevates because what everyone down a peg in their role, not just Darnell Mooney, which you've talked about extensively, how that should elevate him and help his game going forward. But everyone else too has less responsibility and has less things to worry about and less pressure because you have maybe not a superstar number one, but a guy who's you know ready to take that number one role and is more built for that number one role. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, if you have, if you are a fantasy football player, go get Donna Mooney. I mean, I'm serious. Just, just, just go get him right now. He's going to, he's going to hold value for you. Uh, and that leads to our bull prediction because that's, that's one of my bull predictions. So if you got nothing, well, there, I don't have much else on really the analysis of this game. I mean, I, I don't, well, let's talk about, let's slightly talk about the Bears defense and, and, and Okay, what here, here here's what the Bears defense is. I'll tell you right now. Swiss cheese. Like that. Yeah, all right, done. Got it. There's my analysis. Yeah. It's gonna be bad. This defense is going to be horrific. This defense I mean, is gonna I w- be so bad. I wouldn't expect it to be horrific, right? Because things weren't as like the entire year, things weren't as bad as they were on Sunday and last Sunday. Sure. And I don't think Robert Quinn makes as much of a difference, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't think losing him makes that much of a difference. Now losing Roquan obviously is the kicker. There is really the big factor. Um, but you still have to remember, you know, you got guys in the secondary who can ball. Like, like you have players in the secondary, and Tua Tagovailoa is 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 for as accurate, quote unquote, as he as people believe him to be. He throws a lot of interceptions. He throws the ball around a little bit. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. I think the Bears can keep themselves in this game defensively by getting takeaways, by getting the ball back, because they're going to be able to move the ball on you because Tyreek Hill is just – both of those guys, Tyreek Hill and Jay Wall, just get open. Like, it just doesn't matter. Um, so you're going to have to get a couple of takeaways to keep in the game. But, like, you do remember that the secondary is a good unit. Like, the secondary is a good unit. Now, it, what they're going to be able to do, uh, you know, as far as being able to protect to talk about low, it's probably going to be pretty easy for them because uh, the front four is just – you know, not good at all. And the middle of the field to be open because Jack Sanborn on draft free agents probably going to start uh, in Roquan's spot. So, um, yeah, that that scares me. But I don't I'm not expecting the Dolphins to drop 42 on him. I'm not at maybe 35, but not 42. <laughs> oh, good. Great. Only 35. Totally. Hey, there's a difference between 30 and 40 on the, on, on and, the stat and sheet. The thing with the defense. We like me and you are big fans of this defensive backfield as far as, you know, Jaquan Brisker, obviously, and Eddie Jackson and Kyler Gordon, and Jalen Johnson, of course. We love the defensive backs, but if the Dolphins just run the ball, like you can only do so much with what you have on that with your personnel currently. So, and obviously the run sets up the pass, so on and so forth, blah, 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 football one-on-one, right? But, you know, those guys can only do so much, too, especially with this kind of quality of receiver. So, defense is going to be bad. It's up to your offense to keep you in the game. The, the, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, but, and, and, and the, I think the other thing is, like, just their explosive playability is, is what scares the hell out of you. Like, not just with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waldo, but Raheem Moster is one of the faster players in the NFL, and we know how bad this defensive front has been at stopping the run. Like you might see a lot of 20 plus yard runs from Raheem Mostert or even Jeff Wilson, who was just traded to them, you know, this, this week uh, and Chase Edmonds no longer there. Jeff Wilson's a guy who can run pretty well too. I just, I'm just scared. You're right. Of like, I think how this game is going to go defensively is they're going to hit a lot of explosive plays. 
but they're also going to make a lot of, they're also going to turn the ball over a couple of times because right? yeah. they're going to try to go downfield and Hattie Jackson's going to sit there. Jaquan Brissett is going to make a play or Jalen Johnson, who we haven't even talked about this year, who's been really, really good. They just haven't been targeting him. You know, they might target him now because, uh, you know, why not? If the, he wants to just say F it, Tyreek's down somewhere, down there somewhere, <laughs> and Jalen's probably going to going to be guarding him. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's how it's going to go. Like, it's not going to be, you know, because really Dallas, Dallas had a couple explosive plays, but when you think about it, they were just moving down the field with ease, you know, eight yard slant route, you know, eight yard rush, right? I think it's going to be a little bit different where boom, explosive play, boom, turnover. Maybe, maybe they get down the field. Maybe, you know, Ben don't break a couple of times for the Bears defense if they have a little bit of struggles in the red zone. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but would you rather win a game by defense or offense in this era? I mean, you know offense, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's essentially what, what they, what they, that, what that, that's the question that they answered was, Hey, we understand now you're, you're winning by offense in this league. So we're going to give up assets for a receiver and collect assets for a defensive player, because we understand that that receiver in this era of football holds a little bit more value to you than that linebacker does just off ball linebacker. And did you see what Eberflew said today in the press conference about yeah. Rohan Smith? Yeah. That I mean, was, that was funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean, think it's a shot at him. I just think he's he's speaking to what I'm saying, where he said, for those who didn't hear it, he said, someone asked, I think, in Indy, would you have taken Roquan Smith in the draft if, if Quentin Nelson was taken or something, right? Uh, and he and he kind of said, at five? Like, as if, like, that would be an absurd thing to do to take an off-ball yeah. linebacker. He's like, I don't, I don't think Ballard was thinking about off-ball linebacker at five or, or even at eight when the Bears took him. Yeah, right. So, you know, he understands. Right, and I think that goes back to my point. Like, they're going offensive line at, at the first round. Like, that's, that's know, just what's going to happen. But that's you need another, checks in there. <sighs> that's another conversation for six months from now. So, We'll wait till then. All right, let's get to our bold predictions powered by Betstamp. Go to Betstamp. Use our code BEARS. Betstamp gives you all the numbers, all the information you need to be a smarter and better, better. So go to Betstamp. Use our code BEARS. Help us help you help them by going to Betstamp and using our code BEARS to become a better, better and put more money in your pocket. And at the end of the day, who doesn't like more money? I certainly do. And that's why I use Betstamp. And you should too. All right. Bold predictions. Kevin, I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to go first because I think mine's going to be uh, – I think you're going to like oh. it. Um, all right. We've talked all episode about Chase Claypool. We've talked all episode about what he brings to this team, how he becomes the wide receiver one, and how you know he's going to be the guy. And Chase Claypool's you know good as far as his versatility goes. He can run. He threw a touchdown this past weekend for the Steelers. So I think they're going to try and use him in a bunch of different ways. However – However, however, I think Velas Jones Jr. runs in a touchdown this weekend. Oh, no. I think Velas Jones Jr. Oh. runs in a touchdown on the end around, like we saw a couple weeks ago, because I think they're going to be they're going to be waiting for Claypool. Oh, it's going to be him on the sweep. He's going to pass it or hand it off to him, and they're going to say, "Nope, Velas Jones Jr." because everyone's going to forget about him because. We might not be very good, and everyone's going to be keyed in on Claypool. Oh, well, if it's not Claypool, it's Mooney, obviously. Nope. I think Bayless Jones Jr. runs in a touchdown again this week. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, this was my pick a couple weeks ago. I just, you know, I'm, I'm out on it. I mean, I can see it because they do do it, and they did it a couple times against Dallas. Like, it, he's going to get an end. He's going to get an end around. Like, it's going to happen he, it, it, at some point. Like, that's his value to the Bears right now. And around 
here or there, get you 12 yards. It actually is a play that has worked like pretty much every single time. So I can't knock you for predicting it. And actually, the odds have been for a Vegas Jones Jr. touchdown, like plus 1,700. That's like a pretty good sprinkle. That's like a pretty, pretty good odds for like usually plus if someone's plus 1700, like that player has not scored this year or never gets any sort of opportunity. Like he's scored before and he's been on the field in red zone situations in the past couple of weeks. So you guys are looking for odds there again, powered by Betstamp. Use code bears uh, when logging on to Betstamp, uh, signing up rather. Look for that plus 1700. See if you can get it higher anywhere else. Um, Betstamp will tell you that, but I like it. I'm going to go. I have a couple here. I think Darno Mooney has his best game of the year. Again, I talked about how it opens up things for him, the fact that Chase Clay was there. I don't think, again, just from a quantity and percentage of snap standpoint that we're going to be able to see a 100-yard performance from Claypool, but I think he will be on the field enough to make that difference and have that effect and impact on Mooney, opening things up for him. So I think we're going to see a 100-yard receiving game from Darno Mooney, uh, and I do think Claypool scores. So I don't think he's going to have a ton of yards, maybe like 50 yards, but I do think they're going to utilize him most in the red zone. They're going to give him a couple opportunities, and I do think he gets in to the end zone. And to pair with those two, I think Justin Fields has the highest passing uh, yards game of his career. So again, previous high was, I want to say 271 or 278 against the Steelers last year. We determined it was that game. Um, And I don't remember the exact yardage it was. But I want to say it was 271, 278. Let's see. Research team bears this podcast. 291. I apologize. Okay. 20 yards. So, so, so you're, you're essentially predicting awesome. a 300-yard yeah. game. 300-yard passing game. Again, and I know there's going to be people who say, oh, what the hell? Like, dude, you're, just, you're just saying that. You're a homer. Well, and, to, and like, to be fair, his highest passing yards total this year is 208. So it would be going over by a significant amount. It would. But, again, like – what was his total last week? Ended up being like 180 or 151. something? 151. 151, that's it? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. th- what I was trying to say is like, you add that 52, you, you add that bomb to Bayless Jones Jr. Like in one play, that's already a sure. third of that that total passing yardage. You know what I mean? And, and we talked about how we sure. think they're going to hit shots down the field. You had a couple of those plays. It's not that unreasonable to assume that they could get uh, that he could get up to 300. So again, it, it, this isn't just me pre- being hopeful. Like when you look at the matchup, it's favorable. This is a bad Dolphin secondary. They allow big plays. The potential is there for Justin to have the best game of his career from a passing standpoint. Again, 23rd in, in opponent yards per game. And then you look specifically at the passing. Again, I'll reiterate it. 31st in opponent completion percentage. That's second to last. 28th in opponent yards per, per pass. And 26th in opponent pass yards per game. So, and their sack percentage is also 4.98%. So that's the number I was looking for earlier. They're not getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback and not sacking uh, a lot. So I don't think that front four is going to take the game over. Justin Fields, 300-yard passing game. Darnell Mooney, 100-yard receiving. Chase Claypool, one touchdown. Those are my bold predictions. All right, I got one more. Is it even, I don't even know if this counts as bold anymore, that Justin Fields passes for and runs for a touchdown. Is that even bold anymore? I was yours last week too, and you hit on it. I know, I want to go back to the well. It's not bold. It's not. It's not right because he's done it three weeks in a row now, right? That he, well, this would be the third. Yeah, this would be the third week in a row. All right, well, screw it. I'll say that three weeks in a row that Justin Fields runs for and passes for at least one touchdown there. And then if it hits for the third yeah, week good. in a row, I'll go to something else. I'll choose something else. But if it okay. if it doesn't, then 
it resets. So if it gets three in a <laughs> row, I'll move on to something else. So mine are that G- Valus Jones Jr. runs in a touchdown uh, from the red zone and that Justin Fields has one at least one touchdown on the ground and at least one through the air as well. All right, let's do our final well, wait, score. Wait, real quick, Jake. Uh, yep, I, you know what I yep. think we have to do just what for the have? sake of, of the show? I think we have to parlay all of our bull predictions. And like oh, just put God. like five bucks on it. Like, do you know how, dude, what do you think the payout would be on a $5 bet of Bayless Jones Jr. anytime touchdown score, Justin Fields to score a rushing touchdown, or uh, Justin Fields two plus touch? Well, no, because it would be Justin Fields anytime touchdown score as a rusher, and then right. Justin Fields one plus passing touchdown, and then Justin Fields 300 plus passing yards, Darnie Mooney 100 plus receiving yards, and Chase Claypool anytime touchdown score. Dude, you're probably looking at like a $4,000 payout on a $5 bet. We have to sprinkle it. Because then it's a we can put a graphic out. It's a fun thing for the we have and, and then and then our viewers can tail us for all those over 21 or if you're under 21, use Bovada or something. Tail, tail this. Tail this. We're going five dollars on our bull predictions pick. I'm doing it, Jake. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I mean, to, to be fair, our bull predictions have been pretty close as of yeah, recent. That's fair. So tail us, help us. I mean, that's probably a four thousand dollar payout. Please do it with me, Jake. I can't be the only one to do it. Come on, five dollars. Don't buy a coffee. Con- one day I'll consider. Week. I'll consider it when, once the props come out and once I see what the odds are. I will consider it. I, I won't say outright no right now. I will consider it though. So if you want to tell us on that, or if you want to fade us on any of our bold predictions, go to BetStamp. Use our code Bears when you sign up and help yourself become a better better. Get the best lines. Get the best information. BetStamp does all of that for you. They aggregate all that for you. They want to help you. And that's why we want to help you too. So go to BetStamp, use our code bears when you sign up, help yourself, make some money. And who doesn't like money? We all do. So go use BetStamp, use our code bears. All right. Final score predictions, Kevin, before we head out of here, what do you got? Oh, yeah. So I, uh, I took the bears last week. Jake and I are even on predictions. Now we're both five and three. Um, so you know, good, good for us. Uh, we're, we're ahead there. I think Kellen has improved to four and four. Did he end up taking the, he might've dropped. I think he ended up taking the bears. I took, um, I was, yeah, I think he did. So he, he's not looking good. Uh, so it's, it's Jake and I about it for the top. Look, I think the bears have a lot of success offensively. Um, Ooh, and Kel- I, Kellen drops to three and five, three and five. Ick. And Kellen, I mean, you are tied at five up. and three. Okay. Um, Jeez, I really do think the Bears can win this game, but I think this is another situation where you're close and you're just less talented, like especially defensively. Like that that's just what it boils down to and it's too much to overcome. Um I'm going to go Bears lose this one. Let's do 34-31. So, one Ooh. score game, uh three-point game. I do think the Bears have a cons- consecutive back-to-back or three times in a row. Or no, it wouldn't be. Uh, it would be three times in a row, 25 plus. Um, two of the last three if they put up 30, scoring 30 points. So 34-31, Dolphins just barely edged out in the end. Again, I think one of the better offensive performances of the year. And we come away uh, from this game saying, you know, feeling, feeling is even better about Justin Fields and, yep. you know, feeling like he really could be, you know, a, a top three guy in the NFC as a quarterback. All right. I also think the Bears just aren't able to, you know, eke this one out. I'm going to say, though, that the defense is even worse than we thought it was. I think the Bears lose this game 42-28. to I think the offense continues to gain traction. I think they continue to, you know, 
put some plays together and score some touchdowns and Justin Fields continues to progress. But I think the Dolphins, just all their talent on the offensive side isn't going to be it's something that you can keep up with. I think it's going to be too overwhelming for the Bears. So I will say that the Bears lose this game by two touchdowns. Uh, and maybe it's closer than the final score indicates, but I do think you lose by two touchdowns. I think you're going to struggle to keep up with this offense. I think you're right. Shane M in the chat says Dolphins 38-35. I think that's also a very reasonable score. Real quick, RJ wants to know what our score prediction is for, for Bears. A Eagles. million to 40. <laughs> we'll get there at some point. A million to no, 40 no, is what it's it, going to be. It will not be a million to 40. Overrated. The Eagles are overrated. i tell you right now. Look at the Cardinals last year. Started 11-0. Everyone thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. What happened to them? Jalen Hurts uh, is better than Kyler Murray. He is. They're not overrated. Nick, They're good Nick team, Sirianni right? is infinitely better than Cliff Kingsbury. People were real real high on Cliff Kingsbury last year. They're a good team. They're going to make the plus. They're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. I just don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's all I got to say about the Eagles. We'll Well, address them. Because the Bills exist. And the Chiefs. (laughs) That's that's not that crazy. The Bills exist. The Bills exist. The Minnesota Vikings exist. The the Vikings might be good, especially with No, no. Bears winning the division. Also, yeah. Don Burr's been real quiet lately. Where's that guy at? Don Bourbon, real quiet since ever since the season started. Oh, Lions are the best oh. team in the NFC. Oh, the Lions, all oh, their weapons. Oh, my God. I am on Ross St. Brown, TJ Huggins. Well, they just got rid of one of those guys, and, it, and your team still stinks. And Baltimore Dan Campbell's seats. an idiot. So let us know how it's going, Don Burr. If anybody knows Don Burr's whereabouts, I'm sure he'll pop up next offseason again. All right. That's enough talk before we summon him. All right. Well, those are the predictions both player prop-wise and score-wise. We both expect the Bears to lose this game. But like we said, the season is no longer about wins. It's about Justin Fields' development. It's about seeing the progression. And then you go through the draft, and next year, hopefully, you get to pry the playoff window open again, uh, and you get to return to relevancy, hopefully, Jesus Christ. But until then, we'll be back on Monday to break down everything we saw, to break down the game, to break down the quotes, You know how it is if you're a regular viewer. If you're a new viewer or listener, welcome. We hope you join us again on Monday. Until then, to all, what what is this? His Claypool is on Twitter. He says, Chicago, I know I'm a snap. Chicago, no, I'm a snap. Confirmed Chase Claypool, 1,000 yard performance. 100 yard performance. <laughs> 1,000 yard performance. 1,000 okay. yard performance is going to break With record. That is a great closing note. Chase Claypool, 1,000 yard performance incoming. Until Monday, everybody, bear down. <laughs>